25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to They are who we thought they were. And we let them out the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the West right tight. That's left. 372 Y sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. When did the NBA adopt the three-point line? I finally just typed that entire sentence into Google, and it pops up. 1979, the NBA adopted the three-point line at the start of the 1979 and 80 season. If you type that in, that's what it says. All kinds of misinformation, and I can see why. Because if you don't type that exact sentence into Google, you'll get all kinds of other answers. (laughs) Wikipedia is unclear. Anyway, there you go. What a way to start hour number two. I'm Matt. Welcome in to the show. Hour two on this Tuesday. Off and running with you inside the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Hey, are you sleeping okay at night? And listen, I know there's a lot of reasons to lose sleep, to maybe stay up, stare out the window, wonder, jot down some numbers. I get it. But I'm talking about something more tangible than that. Are you having a hard time sleeping just simply because your mattress isn't as comfortable as it ought to be? Well, you can remedy that. And trust me, you really ought to try this. Matt got my hand up here, third person, and the homecoming queen, we're sleeping good. Well, better than we were because we got a mattress from Nest and Wild. That is a Mississippi company. They are making mattresses that from top to bottom, mattress to the base to all parts in between are all American made 100%. It's a Mississippi company that will take your order, ship it straight to your doorstep, give you a discount in between. I'm going to tell you how to get that. Ship it straight to your doorstep. And then once you get the mattress, you can sleep on it for up to 99 nights while you make a decision. And every mattress they make, every size, from twin right on up to the biggest king size, and all in between, every one of them are 12 inches thick. A lot of the mattresses you have now, the ones you order here, the ones you buy there are 8 inches, 10 inches, 12 inches thick. Every Nest and Wild mattress, you will sleep better. You will be glad you did this. Go to nestandwild.com. Use code BULLY20, B-U-L-L-2-0, BULLY20, and you'll get 20% off of your purchase of any size mattress, and you'll get a free pillow top mattress pad with it. Let me know how how it goes, too, okay? Let me know. Anyway, officially, according to that, they adopted the three-point line in the 79-80 season. And then they move it around different distances and all that kind of stuff. 
<laughs> All right, so there you go. Uh, here we go. Ready Teddy was on point. He's said that on the Country Please and text line. If we just listened to him uh, and his text at 885-ESPN, we would have known. Three-point line came in 1979. He's a poet and don't know it. Micah in Texas. Matt, there was a three-point line in the show that uh, he said that caller does not know what he's talking about. Three-point line was added in 79. Micah in Texas, on top of it as well. Gatorman said there was a three-point line in that game. 86, when Michael Jordan poured in 63 at the Boston Garden. Uh, somebody let me know. RKO out of nowhere let me know that 1-800-CRYBABY is not a working number. And he may claim it. <laughs> Go ahead, man. Let me know how that goes. And Jason in Flagstaff, in regards to Jordan versus LeBron, you can't compare the two. Completely different players. But I'll say this, he says. Jason says, can y'all imagine what LeBron would have done in the 80s and 90s? Charles Barkley was similar height, weight, but it, uh, but in chewed bubblegum. Yeah, he was not chiseled. You know, the thing is, Charles Barkley wasn't six foot eight. He was six four. That's the amazing thing about Charles Barkley. He was the round mound of rebound. He out-rebounded everybody around that rim. He was a man inside with all those trees at six nine and seven foot, and none of them could out-rebound six foot four Charles Barkley. He'd outwork them. And Barkley was a heck of an athlete, man. Don't let what he looks like now fool you. But he was an unbelievable athlete. Yeah, and Jason said, LeBron is chiseled in granite, as athletic as a young Magic Johnson. It would have been LeBron versus Jordan for a decade. Whew, would that have been fun? Who's a better shooter? Who's a harder worker? Who's better at taking four other randoms and winning that gold trophy with him? Who's a better passer? Who's a better defender? Who's better at keeping his mouth shut? <laughs> I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Ernest T. said Jordan didn't shoot threes. He did later on. I guess because he had to, right? He had to adapt. All right. So uh, here, we're going to flip a switch on, on something here in this uh, is not meant to be controversial at all. I think it is relevant. Let me tell you why I thought about bringing this back up today. Okay? Bringing up the idea of how dependent on football everybody... It, it's it's almost like I want to say not not just everybody in college athletics, but everybody in college is so dependent on football. All right. Let me give you a couple examples. Story number one here today during the coronavirus quarantine and shutdown, April the 21st, 2020. Louisville is cutting its athletics budget by 15% and furloughing staff. Now, this is not the University of Louisville. Conference USA. This is not the Big East University of Louisville. This is the University of Louisville of the ACC in the Power Five. 
that has had recent Heisman Trophy candidates, has put quarterbacks in the NFL, has played in the College World Series, in the Final Four, in the Gator Bowl against Mississippi State, and so on and so forth. That Louisville. Louisville Athletics Director Vince Tyra said that his department is going to cut 15% from its sports budget and is furloughing staff this week in some moves resulting from this coronavirus pandemic. Now, he said that the, the furloughs, meaning people at Louisville know furloughs are coming and they're going to find out tomorrow. Today they know they'll know for sure if it's them or someone else tomorrow. Can you imagine? Put yourself in their shoes. Put yourself in like the third level sports information director for uh, women's track and men's tennis. Today, they know they have a job. Tomorrow, they're not sure. Furloughs are going to be announced tomorrow. No specific details put out there. Earlier this month, he announced 10% pay cuts for head coaches and senior staff, including himself, and included his uh, foregoing uh, his $300,000 in bonuses. Okay, this is Louisville. They are cutting their athletics budget by 15% and furloughing staff. Let me give you another example. Names you know, schools you know. Syracuse men's uh, men's basketball coach Jim Beheim, football coach Dino Babers, and athletics director John Wildak will take a voluntary 10% pay cut to help deal with financial shortfalls as a result of the coronavirus pandemic. Jim Beheim, Dino Babers, big time. He's done a great job with Syracuse football. Yeah. Now, they are continuing the work on that carrier dome, but they had already begun it when all this started. They can't, they, they feel like they're not in a, a spot where they can just stop. Louisville, 15% cut in budget furloughs. Syracuse, the next in line of many to come of highly paid employees that are taking, air quotes, voluntary pay cuts amid all this stuff. So, yes, to go back a week and a half ago when the story came out about the University of Cincinnati cutting men's soccer, we were still inside the first month of the coronavirus shutdown settling on top of all of us and us staying at our homes. And we said, now, this it seems that men's soccer is just one school, Cincinnati. They're not in the Power Five, but they're cutting men's soccer. Is this the first shoe to drop? The answer is yes. It was the first shoe to drop that you knew of. These are more shoes, and there are more shoes coming. Better cover your head. How soon will it get to the SEC? I don't know, but I know that I saw a story, didn't I, yesterday, where the the new Missouri football coach offered to take a pay cut or offered to something. What about State? What about Ole Miss? What about Alabama? When's it coming? Is it coming? If it doesn't, if you don't ever hear about it, it would be for one of two reasons. Either one, 
they're not telling you, or two, they're one of the lucky ones. Now, I'm not trying to be doom and gloom. There's no point in that. And I don't see things that way. Let's look at reality. And now let's compare that, not compare, but let's couple that with the soundbite that I played for you yesterday. Greg McElroy's dad is in big-time athletics. You know, what was he? He's an NFL guy, but he's connected to all these different levels, including, you know, from a football perspective, which this is what's talked about. Greg McElroy, former Alabama quarterback, he's with the SEC Network, said this in an interview. Right now, look, football has to be played. Like, literally, it has to be played. So they are going to play it come hell or high water. It's going to happen. It's just we're not sure exactly when it's going to happen. Because if it's not, college athletics will literally implode. Football programs make up and account for around 80% of the revenue of a vast majority of these schools. And television revenue is one thing, but for some of these schools in the group of five, the MAC and the, and the Mountain West and, and the American Athletic Conference, even though they're the, essentially the power six, they rely so heavily on that gate revenue that it would be really, really difficult for them to put forth other programs and to support other varsity sports and to provide 200 scholarships annually. All right. 200 scholarships annually. You hear that number? Even though they're essentially the power six, he's talking about Mac, Mountain West, all this. They rely so heavily on that gate revenue that it would be really, really difficult for them to put forth other programs to support other varsity sports and to provide 200 scholarships annually. Okay, so let me ask a question. And, you know, there there, there probably are some obvious answers to this or, or at least talking points in this discussion. But I think the way I worded it on yesterday's show was, how did we get to a point in college athletics where literally the only way the majority of these schools can fund 200 athletes and scholarships and all these other Non-revenue sports, the only way to fund it is through the funding that is generated by football. So how did we get to that point? Let's back up and we know the realities. We know Title IX, which, you know, I guess is a, it's not a mandate. I guess that's a law. I'd have to look it up and study it. I don't know. As my dad would say, I don't understand all I know about that. But look. You know, we have to back up and look and go, okay, this is what this pandemic is revealing about the current setup across the board in college athletics in this country. And the higher we go, where the football programs are the biggest, is where this is the most obvious. We have a lot of really smart, well-intentioned, good people that have been making a lot of decisions over the years about how to operate, about how to, how we ought to do at these universities. You know, big-time boosters give their money, and what do they want? They want football. We want big stadiums and football. We want to 
60, 70, 80, 90, 100,000 people in there. We want winning football. We want revenue in football. We want football, football, football. That's what we want. It's what people want. It's the spectator sport in this country. Football. But there's a parallel situation running alongside the football programs at all these schools that says, hey, we got to be fair. It's a little small whisper of a voice over there for years and years. Hey, you got to be fair. Fair to who? Well, you got to be fair to, you know, college age men that play other sports other than football. They don't play football. Well, that's their problem. No, 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 that's your problem. And we got to be fair to college age women who play other sports. Well, they have to figure that out. No, 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 no. You have to figure that out. It's got to be fair. So in the middle of this pandemic, it is starting to reveal this incredibly like just there's so many holes in it. It looks like Swiss cheese model of sustaining these athletics departments. I mean, look at an SEC school. What does the fan base care about? We're not talking about you, Kentucky. What does an SEC fan base care about? Football. What are they buying the most tickets to? Football. What do they donate the most to? Yeah, same thing. The gridiron. It's what they care about. It's what they want. Do they care? I mean, is the majority of the alumni and the you know fans and boosters and all that kind of stuff, do they, a whole bunch of them really give a rip? I'm just asking an honest question. They really care about track and field? Well, we're providing these opportunities, you know, for the experience of the student athlete. We're providing this, this educational and athletic level for people that play other sports. Sure you are. Figure out a way to fund it. Because what if we have a pandemic? No, Matt, I mean, no, I'm going to roll my eyes at you. Well, 10 years ago you would, but what about now? Nobody's rolling their eyes now. I'm not figuring out, I mean, we want to be fair to everybody. But how are we going to fund all this stuff? Well, we'll just fund it because we make so much money with football. Well, what if you don't have football? Then what? Well, see, that's the world we're living in right now. And so what it has revealed. Now, again, I'm almost not saying that I would expect anybody, even in the highest positions, to go along through life over the last 25, 30, 35, 40 years, all the while preparing to slam up against a pandemic. That's not fair, it seems like even, speaking of fairness, to the decision makers. But here we are. Here we are. It's not just an idea. It's not just a movie. It's the reality we are all living in and it is revealed that we are all a party to a system that is so incredibly just stupid that we have hundreds of athletes on scholarship playing 10 15 20 different sports that as a university at the division one level there is no way to fund it unless you play football games. What kind of model is that? 
What kind of business model is that? <laughs> I'll tell you what kind it is. It's the kind of business model that it's great, it's all rosy as long as it keeps going. As soon as you can't play football, uh-oh. It, and I think what it has done is it's just revealed. It's like, you know, if you were to use a really finite example of you and your family, you and your wife, and y'all are making decisions for the betterment of your family. What's Dave Ramsey been telling all of us all these years? And I'm not talking about buying houses with cash. That's stupid. I'm talking about having an emergency fund, <laughs> having a little put back because you never know when the refrigerator is going to die. You never know when... At the worst possible time, you're going to have to get four new tires on that SUV out there that each one, you know, each set of tires, the cheapest one you can get is like 800 bucks. You know what I'm saying? That little emergency fund sitting over there. A way to fund what you're trying to do and what your mission in life is, even if all of a sudden you run up on a tough spot. Well, man, we've run up on a tough spot in college athletics, and nobody can fund anything until they run those 85 football players out there. You talk about a bubble. That thing, we've been sitting on a bubble, ready to burst at any time, and it took a pandemic to burst it. I'm Matt. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. Back on the show, back on the show. Here's another topic developed for radio. No, 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 we don't do things that way. Every now and then I do look over here, though, at the uh, Country Pleasing text line, see what somebody's saying. Country Pleasing sausage on grocery store shelves throughout the southeast. Made right here in good old Mississippi, right here in Florence. Country meat packers at the plant right there on Highway 49. Go into the butcher shop there in Florence if you've never been. When things open back up and you make that trek down to the coast, you head down through Jackson, you hit 49, head south, pull in there. You'll be glad you did. Load up the cooler and head on to the beach. It's coming. We're going to be back there. Not yet, but we'll be back there at some point. Moose Dog texts the show and says college baseball would be cut at many schools before women's sports would. And, uh, yeah, I think you're right about that. Well, I mean, there's a ton of schools that, well, you know, you're talking about, Budget cuts, that's just a percentage that we're lopping off to kind of soften the blow a little bit. If we ever got to a really a, a tough point where you're cutting sports at multiple places. Yeah, lots of places where, obviously, women's basketball. There are many schools where, I mean, look, honestly, I, I, what are the numbers at a place like Alabama, University of Alabama, comparing their fast-pitch softball team and program and fan base and attendance to baseball? So you, you do have a great point. 
mad mail person said, well, the state had a 60,000 seat stadium. They would fill it the whole weekend. It would be, it would fund itself if it had it in baseball. Yeah. Tell you what, after all this mad mail, Hey, here's an idea for you. Now, (laughs) I hope this makes Beaver smile because this right here I'm about to say is exactly the kind of thing that Chris Brooks would say on his show. Okay. This is the most Chris Brooks topic ever, and it is smart, and it is a dandy. And y'all feel free to use this tomorrow. But, but male person, you made the light bulb come on when you said, well, if State had a 60,000 baseball seat baseball stadium, they'd fill that up. Well, maybe not every weekend normally, but after this, after this, where we're, we've lost everything and they canceled everything, I'm just saying, what if... What if they announced it tomorrow? Things were opening back up and they put a hard date on this that Mississippi State and Ole Miss were going to play each other in the first baseball game back. At SunTrust, well, it ain't SunTrust anymore, but the Brave Stadium in Cobb County, Georgia. Yeah, in Georgia. Atlanta Brave Stadium. That'll hold plenty. We can put 40,000 in there. State and Ole Miss would put 40,000 in there and watch each other play each other. They would do it. They'd do it right now. No question about it. Uh, Norman says, Matt, you can't be too surprised that football funds most sports. It's like folks living check to check without a backup plan. Why would they think it would ever be a concern? This is all unprecedented, as you know. And I, and that's it. I, I think that's what I was trying to touch on, Norman, is that I'm not saying that I would blame people who've made the decisions and built college sports into what it is. I'm not, I'm not like sitting here pointing my finger blaming. That would be wrong to do. You're right. If it took a a pandemic to drive it into this scenario, it's not like I would go back 15 years ago and expect those people to be preparing for a pandemic. It's almost impossible. Like by definition, it's almost impossible to prepare for it. I guess what I'm saying is this has revealed something about us that this wasn't smart. It has not been smart. It's not the best thing. Whether it's, you know, whatever the decisions are and whatever the reasoning is, including Title IX, to have thrown this into a scenario where every school feels and has felt obligated and has been obligated to field all these multiple sports that now when we hit the right kind of adversity, we got no way to to fund it if we can't play football. That's what I'm saying. This is is merely bringing up a point right here to make you think, but the idea that we're driving at is you eat what you kill. Right? You eat what you kill. Now, the majority of God's green earth operates that way. Well, and frankly, literally and figuratively, yes, that's how we got here. Okay, but 
it, as a metaphor, what I'm talking about for you, Norman, you and your family. I mean, what's on your table and what's in your bank account and whether or not you have the money to go on vacation or not, it's up to you. It ain't up to anybody else. There is no, well, I'm, maybe those folks over there will earn, you know, enough revenue to give me some of it so I can go on vacation. No, it doesn't work that way, does it? So metaphorically, you eat what you kill. Same for my family, same for every family, same for all of us, same for my business, same for your business, but not in college athletics. Nope. Fairness. Equality. Now we can't be fair to everybody because it wasn't fair from the get-go. In an effort to be fair, we did something very unfair. And I see your text, Johnny Reb, and you know what? Bingo. I mean, are we going too far? Really? Look, I don't have any answers. I know you're listening to me. You may turn it on because you think Matt's got all the answers. Well, I hate to disappoint you. I got very few. I can sure talk about it with you. I mean, are we going too far? Johnny Reb texted and said, it's sports socialism. (laughs) Well, find me a better definition. Now, I get it. We're talking about you know, an, an educational entity here. Jason is bringing up something very interesting as well. And Jason, I've seen some of this and you've, you've touched on it several times on the, on the country pleasing text line about the whole idea of it being unprecedented. There are quotes in a story about how, And and I've read this and heard this. People talking about how back when George W. Bush was president, some people thought he was crazy. He seemed to have, he was accused of having a little bit of a paranoia about a pandemic. Here's a quote from the story. You've got to read this quote. He said, look, this happens every 100 years. We need a national strategy. Well, guess what? Here we are. And there are so many parallels. The right kind of adversity reveals character. It doesn't build character. It reveals it. Okay, well, the right kind of situation, not it, it doesn't build your decision-making ability. It reveals what has been your decision-making ability and based on what you've been making decisions. Johnny Reb texts and said it sports socialism. Well, what else is it? Fairness and equality for everybody. You got football. Well, we got to have something else. Balance these scales out on your campus and in your department. And that's all fine. They figured it out until now. And now across the entire country, we are slashing athletics budgets, Louisville's, Slashing its budget by 15%. Pay cuts for all the coaches. Furloughs coming. They will announce those at Louisville tomorrow. Why? Because we're not certain if we're going to be able to play football. It's all dependent on football. 
You know what else it, it reveals? You know what else it reveals? It reveals what everybody cares about. It reveals what everybody really wants. You know, it just points to it. We already knew it. It's football and basketball, football and men's basketball. And at a very select few, it is women's basketball where it's a revenue sport and has been over the years at Tennessee and it is at South Carolina and it is and has been to a degree at Mississippi State. Buddy, that's the exception. Baseball at State and Ole Miss, man, that's the exception to the rule. It's all about football across the board. And we drummed up a situation over the last 35, 40 years where, you know, we, we got to balance the scales. It's all got to be even. You have one sport over there, you better put another one over here. You have sports for men there, you better have sports over here, for women over here. And they figured it out. They did the best they could. What are they going to do now? Who else is going to be furloughed? Who else's scholarship is going to be cut? What other sport is going to be canceled? If you think Cincinnati slashing men's soccer is the first of a few, I got news for you. It is the first of hundreds. That'll be just like it before it's over. All out of fairness. Oh, it's about to be fair, all right. <laughs> in a whole different way. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Stick around. You know, we uh, didn't get around to it today. Today's been a pretty full show. Lots of phone calls and a bunch of texts, a whole just ton of comments on Facebook and Twitter. I really appreciate everybody watching the stream there. It's been good to hear from you. I appreciate all the feedback. Speaking of Twitter, Wally, just a minute ago, tweeted me. I'm Radio Wyatt on Twitter, by the way. If you want to give me a follow, I'd appreciate that. Wally says, football helps keep universities open just as much as it does athletics departments. This is going to go deeper than just sports. Well, right, and it already has, and it will. It's just a, going to be a matter of, like, how bad is the damage in, <laughs> in certain ways. We haven't done this with Beaver yet today. Let's see if we can catch him off guard. Let's, let's see what's up with Beaver today. In the world of a radio producer extraordinaire of about, I don't know, eight different radio shows, it seems like, in a place like Jackson, Mississippi. Hey, Beaver, what's up? Hey, Matt. Did your TV come in? Yeah, you know what? Oh, now, you know what? I'm glad you asked that question. Yeah? Because... When you just hit me with that music, like you said, you're putting me on the spot. I am very much. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's okay because there's an update to that. Okay. There, there were issues yesterday, and it was, it was actually caused by my stupid eyes. Oh no! So your stupid what? 
my stupid eyes. Oh, eyes. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you've. <laughs> I see what you thought I said. Like but I didn't. So, <laughs> like what happened? Picking, Beaver picking up an accent here. Okay, what happened? <laughs> what had happened was, so I ordered that TV from Walmart on Sunday. Yeah. And here's where my eyes played tricks on me because I told you yesterday it was going to be here by Wednesday. Uh huh. Well, when looking back at the receipt, I noticed what I thought I saw was Wednesday the 22nd. What I actually saw was Wednesday the 29th. Oh, <laughs> so you got to wait. Oh, man, that's like getting your hopes up. And I mean, it's like a kid going to bed thinking Santa Claus is coming and you're a week early. Uh, that's terrible. Don't you, don't you worry your bald head, Matt Wyatt, because <laughs> there's more to this story. I, I figured there might be. Hold on. Let me give you a little musical. And here is the rest of the story. Let's check in with the gang for the second <laughs> half of the <this> story. <laughs> so at the rate this TV was going out, because I told you 40, 40% of my screen is yeah. now uh-huh. dim. And that happened within 24 hours. I said, nope, nope. At the rate this is happening, I'm going to have a blank screen. So I said, ah, hey, Walmart, let's go ahead and cancel that. Mm. I went to Best Buy. I found myself, because originally, you know, I had a Samsung. It was 55-inch. Well, then what I ordered was just to replace it. It was a Samsung. It was 55-inch. So I canceled that at Walmart. I went to Best Buy website, Uh and for $30 more, I got a Samsung smart TV. I upgraded myself to a 58-inch. Come on. 58 smart. Yes. Yeah. So I feel good about that. Only thirty dollars more. I'll, I'll, I'll pay that for three more inches. No question about it. That's what she said. Atta boy, Beaver. <laughs> so I feel okay about it, and that indeed is coming in tomorrow. Oh, that's fantastic! What a yeah. what a great we came. We went around the world for what is ultimately uh, a happy ending. That's really yeah. what just happened right there. It's kind of like an episode of Always Sunny. Exactly. There's maybe one more twist, but Mm. it's something that we can work around. And it didn't make any sense. I ordered the TV. Going to be here tomorrow, guaranteed, between 7 a.m. and 1 p.m. But the mount for it, to mount it on the wall, won't be here until Friday. Okay. Well, well, that's not a problem because no. you can, you know, it's got it's got a stand you can put it on. <laughs> exactly, you know, you just prop it up on the bar, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, uh, that's great. Yeah, you can always figure out a way to put a TV up somewhere so you can watch it before the the mounting brackets actually arrive. But why? This is like those things ought to be together. They should. They absolutely should. Yeah. Having to get those separate. That's just a racket. That's what that is. Well, uh, I appreciate it. Glad to know that you're on track. And even though there was some disappointment in the beginning, uh, that's a good story. I always enjoy checking in with beer. Hey, I'm going to play the same music because I've got a story here that's like straight out of an always sunny. You ready for this one? Give it to me. Uh, In the state of Kentucky... Protests broke out 
to lift the coronavirus lockdown statewide. Let me repeat that. In the state of Kentucky, massive protests broke out. Huge crowds of people protesting to lift the lockdown, according to reports. In other news, in the following days, Kentucky has experienced its highest single-day spike in coronavirus cases since they began. Now, I should I am not laughing. Since they began recording the numbers. Governor Andy Bashir announced that there were 273 new cases on Sunday, bringing the total of to 2,960, the biggest spike they've had, and it happened right after massive protests to lift the lockdown. I guess the, um, much like the lessons that you learn in the show, Always Sunny, like the major overall lesson every time is just don't be stupid. Don't be stupid. This thing is real. You can't go out here in massive groups of people and protest stuff without it having an effect. All right. There was also a story on yesterday's show involving Gardner Minshew and the Jacksonville Jaguars, really involving Minshew indirectly. It was just about Leonard Fournette. It went back to his comment. He put it on social media last week or whatever. Hey, let's go sign Cam Newton. And then a little bubble up. Well, Leonard Fournette not happy with Gardner Minshew as his new starting quarterback. So then Doug Marone, the head coach of the Jaguars, had to address it. And he did. And he said, well, we're always trying to bring in competition. But definitely Gardner Minshew is our quarterback. And and then what did I tell you yesterday? Headline. The Jacksonville Jaguars are reportedly shopping Leonard Fournette in trade deals. They're about to get him out of there. Well, today, there's a little more context. Since we like music on this show, let's go football music. It sounds like the Jacksonville Jaguars have been dealing with large amounts of behind-the-scenes drama. Well, throw this in there. Mike Garofalo in trying to find out why they might be trying to trade Leonard Fournette. He's reporting that Number one, he is perennially late to meetings. Two, he hasn't put in the kind of work you need to succeed at the NFL level. Number three, he has been sleeping through the meetings that he shows up for. They've had to wake him up multiple times in the middle of team meetings. Goodbye, Leonard. Happy trails to you wherever you pop up next, and let's see if you learn your lesson. And who knows, maybe somewhere else other than Jacksonville, you'll get to play with Cam Newton. Beaver, I told you yesterday they had hiccups uh, with the testing of the mock draft they're going to do online. It'll happen on Thursday. John Elway of the Broncos commented, said it was a little shaky at first, but then for the most part it went okay. Yeah, the draft went Smoothly, got, it got off to a little bit of a hiccup when we first started, but other than that, it went really smooth. There were really no problems with it, so we got more comfortable with it. So it should be uh, it should be fine and go on without a glitch. I'm sure there'll be a couple glitches here and there, but actually, for the first for the first time, I thought it went pretty well. What did he say? He was all over the place. Shocker! Joe Burrow expects to be the first overall pick. I've been watching the draft 
enough years that I know crazy things have happened. And, you know, I've watched people on camera slip and then the camera stays in their face and, you know, all that stuff. So I'm, you know, keeping everything on the table. Honestly, I expect to be number one, but, you know, I'm not, I'm not positive about it. And finally, a great way to end today's show. On this day, April the 21st, 1991. Atlanta has selected Brett Favor, quarterback, Southern Mississippi. So Atlanta gets a favor by selecting Brett Favre from Southern Mississippi, quarterback, as, as we had suggested. What a great job by Chris Berman. Did you hear that? So they mispronounce Brett Favre's name at the podium. The commissioner says Brett Favor. But Chris Berman, having done his homework as the analyst on ESPN, knows the correct pronunciation and turns it around and smooths it over and says they get a favor by drafting Brett Favre out of Southern Mississippi. You can say what you want about Berman, but in his heyday, he was the best at NFL coverage on television. Great show today. I appreciate everyone who called and listened and tweeted and texted and everything else. Let's do it again tomorrow, shall we? I'll see you then. Same time, same place. In the Farm Bureau studio. See ya!